to Must Reads. I'm your host, Ella Ray Suey, and today, for our 47th episode, we will be analyzing the novel Jazz by the incredible Toni Morrison through the literary lens of critical race theory. To briefly summarize the intricate themes and storyline of Jazz, the book goes back and forth in time and follows a love triangle between a married couple, Joe and Violet, and a young teenage girl, Dorcas. It begins with Violet stabbing Dorcas, who lies dead in her open casket at her funeral, shot to death by her secret lover, Joe. Beyond the love story, the Harlem Renaissance, jazz music, dancing, poetry, the effects post-slavery, and institutional racism are themes that are explored. Now, what exactly is critical race theory, you may ask? Critical race theory argues that racism does not stem from individual prejudice or bias, but rather is embedded in a more broad and systematic manner. It investigates the role of racism in our society and the profound effects it has on those who are not a part of the dominant culture. This book is exactly that, an investigation. Near the end of the 1800s and the beginning of the 1900s, a large number of black people left their rural lives and the expectations that clung to them and moved to heavily populated urban locations. The primary reason for the mass migration was a search for a better life, one free of slavery and prejudice. Jazz is set in Harlem, New York. Throughout the novel, it is evident that the narrator is fascinated by the city and the hope and fear it instills into the black community. She, the narrator, whose identity is never revealed, feels as though two of the main characters, Joe and Violet, do not have as much control over their lives as they believe they do. They are simply a part of the city. The narrator even takes a step aside from the primary plot of the novel to explore secondary characters, as well as the experience of the black community as a whole. The the author writes of the general experience of a black person entering the city. When the train trembled, approaching the water surrounding the city, they thought it was like them, nervous at having gotten there at last, but terrified of what was on the other side. Eager, a little scared, they did not even nap during the 14 hours of a ride smoother than a rocking cradle. However, I think that it's not the city that holds power over this community, but rather their past and the fact that the city does not feel like home. Violet's Talking Parrot offers the perfect analogy. Near the beginning of the novel, when Violet impulsively releases the parrot after stabbing Dorcas, the parrot does not open its wings and soar into freedom as expected. In fact, it has become so weak and so familiar with the cage that it has forgotten how to fly, nor does it have the strength to. The parrot perches on the windowsill and looks back into the cage, unsure of how to proceed. Violet feels that 20 years doing hair in the city has softened her arms and melted the shield that once covered her palms and fingers. Despite finding the strength to leave the fields in Virginia, she feels weaker and unsure of herself. This explores the complex reality and difficulty of living in the present while carrying the weight of unpacked trauma in the past. Add an extremely dominant white culture that benefits from the economic suffering of black people, that is a heavy load on her back, to say the least. Identity is a persistent theme present throughout this novel. Many of Morrison's characters are connected by a deep sadness of knowing what it's like to grow up with absent parents. Joe Trace's actions can be much better understood and analyzed with the knowledge that he was given up by his birth mother. He gave himself the last name Trace because he lacked a sense of belonging in a non-biological family and felt as though his biological mother was the missing piece in the puzzle of his identity. Although it was never confirmed, Joe suspects a woman named Wilde is his birth mother and feels angry at her and ashamed about her crazy behavior and her very dark skin. He is also envious of how a man named Henry Latroy is able to attract and flaunt white women while Joe has only been with black or mixed women. The way that he references black skin in such a negative connotation indicates his intense internal racism. This also made me think about 
how when there is such a disgusting amount of external racism, is it possible to not internalize that? I thought of my own experience as a BIPOC person living in a much more accepting society, and yet I still suffer with internalized racism. Joe and Dorcas find comfort and eventually love in their shared experience of losing a mother. In a world of prejudice and riots, violence and pain are familiar notions to the characters. In fact, love and pain become intertwined to the point that one does not exist without the other. The narrator compares Joe's burning love for Dorcas to the actual burning of her mother in the fire that killed her. Despite his passion, it is clear that Joe's love for Dorcas is a projection of his insecurities around his mother. He describes both of these women in very similar ways, and he searches for his maternal figure in Dorcas. He is so obsessed with having Dorcas as his lover that he would have done anything to keep this relationship a picture-perfect memory, even if that meant killing her so she couldn't change their ending. While his skin color made every single decision in his life, he chose to love Dorcas, and when she began falling out of love with him, he felt his grip on her and on control slipping through his fingers. I often forget that Joe shot a defenseless young girl. He's a product of slavery, systematic racism, a broken family, and simultaneously a cold-blooded murderer. Toni Morrison makes a reader question our personal morals and our often narrow-minded way of judging others. How much of our life is nature versus nurture? Are we just what has happened to us? Alice Manfred is the aunt and official guardian of Dorcas after both of her parents died in a tragic but sadly expected death during a protest. Dorcas buried her grief and didn't say a word as she attended two funerals within a week. Alice's grief turned to the hatred for jazz music and the voices that once soothed her soul turned sour. She lived in constant anguish, avoiding different areas of the city, attempting to live an invisible life free of hate and white people. Alice tries to show her beloved niece how to crawl along the walls of buildings, disappear into doorways, cut across corners and choke traffic, how to do anything, move anywhere to avoid a white boy over the age of 11. Dorcas blatantly defies his way of life and seeks attention, particularly male validation. For her, jazz music lightens her spirit and makes her heart beat a little faster. The contrasting views of Alice and Dorcas show a parallel of how people deal with grief and their cultural identity. Alice rejects it while Dorcas fully embraces it. This is important because it highlights that the experience of the black community and the effects of racism are not uniform. Toni Morrison does a spectacular job of showing this by following several characters who have very distinct stories, morals, and personalities. Every viewpoint is essential to fully understand the amount of damage that was inflicted upon black people in our recent history and that has been passed down through generations and that continues to be inflicted today. When I began reading jazz, I found it confusing how often the author switched between perspectives and how the characters' feelings and opinions didn't align. I think I wanted this book to be simple for me to wrap my brain around when in reality these people's stories are complex and deserve to be told. Toni Morrison captured a more realistic portrayal of these topics and proved that we can't generalize a whole group of people. Near the end of the novel, the narrator feels as though she did not do the character's suffering justice, that she missed the people altogether. The narrator, who's a part of the character's lives, still feels that by observing and empathizing, it isn't enough to completely grasp their stories. One must be in their shoes to fully understand. Jazz is a necessary read. There's a general sense of not belonging in many of the characters. They struggle to establish roots or a connection to a place they are not welcome into, a place where white people benefit off of the discrimination of black people. 
I really like how Toni Morrison focuses on amplifying black voices and stories instead of focusing on the oppressors. Jazz does a phenomenal job of showing the long-lasting effects of racism and struggles with black identity on a larger scale as described by critical race theory. Thank you for joining us today on Must Reads. Hopefully jazz is a book you decide you must read. Make sure you tune in next week to hear about another noteworthy novel to add to your reading list. Once again, I'm your host, Ella Rice-Huey, and this is Must Reads. 